Hello, and welcome to Romancing the Amazon. I'm Melody. I'm Zoe. And I'm Elizabeth. Each week, we pick a romance novel that's being offered for free in the Kindle store on Amazon. We read it and we review it for you guys. Today, we're starting a new theme. We are diving into Highlander romances. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> so be prepared for a really bad Scottish accent. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I was going to say, or three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I really enjoy a Highlander romance. Oh, yeah. And I kind of want to say off the bat, we're not really going to be talking about Outlander, which is what yeah. everybody thinks about, because that's more like historical fiction with some romance, at least in my opinion. Definitely the farther you get in the series, the mm-hmm. more it leans towards historical fiction. Yeah. The first one, I think you can make a strong argument for it being Highlander romance, but the rest of the series is definitely historical fiction. So what is Highlander romance? Obviously, it's set in Scotland in, dare I say it, the Highlands. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is one form of historical romance that is defined not by the time period, but by the place. Although it is almost always historical also. Yes, but it can be medieval, it can be Victorian, any of those would count as Highlander romances if it's set in Scotland. Mm Mm-hmm. But I would also argue that the other main requirement, aside from setting, is one of the protagonists has to be Scottish. So either your hero or heroine needs to be Scottish in order for it to count. Absolutely. And they often feature kilts, whether or not they're historically accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) And I feel like we do tend to see older uh, time periods feature with Highlander romance. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of medieval, pretty much anything up until... 1700s, kind of when when England takes over Scotland, that's when you start to phase out of the Highlander romances. You don't yeah. see it as much. I would say up until about the 1800s, because there are plenty like post-Culloden mm-hmm. battle. That's true. That, yeah, that's true. So we're mostly going to be talking about the older time period Highlander romances, I guess. <laughs> not so much contemporary. Well, I'm not sure I would even consider a contemporary one a, a Highlander. Highlander romance. Because yeah. to me, it does require that historical element. All right. I was trying to decide whether that one contemporary Katie McAllister, Men in Kilts, was a Highlander <laughs> romance. No, it's a romantic comedy. I know, yeah. that's what I decided too. <laughs> What do you guys particularly like or dislike about Highlander romances? Scotland! I've never been, but I really want to go, mostly because of Highlander romances. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's definitely on my list of places I'd like to see someday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which helps. It always helps if you enjoy the setting. For me, with historical romance of any kind, it tends to be, am I interested in that period of history? Yeah. And that has a huge effect on whether or not I'm going to enjoy the setting of the story. And I like most time periods in Scotland. I think it's an mm-hmm. interesting place and time period. And so it's fun to do romances that are set then. Yeah, because you get castles, broadswords, horses, kilts, as we've mentioned. 
you know. Yeah. All the good stuff. It's just so romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling around in the heather. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of romance. Lots of uh, opportunities for action. Uh I feel like we get a lot of action sequences with with Highlander romance. Yeah, one of the things I like is that the conflict tends to center around something other than just misunderstandings or miscommunication mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the hero and heroine. So it, it's typically external, like a conflict, like an invading lord or... They're from rival clans. <laughs> right. Or... But we should save those for the tropes. Well, sure. I was just <laughs> trying to illustrate my point. So yeah, I think they do a good job of having an external conflict. Yes. And that helps both make the romance more believable. You're less likely to sit there and go, okay, why aren't you together anymore? This feels really manufactured. If you would just talk to each other, it would be fine. And it also helps provide a solid B-plot a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Usually whatever is going on aside from your romance is pretty interesting. Yep. What I don't like is that it can tend to get really anachronistic. And of course, if it's well done, then it's well balanced. We've talked about this before in, I think, particularly Regency, Mm -hmm. our Regency series last season. But of course, we don't want our heroines to just be doormats. No. Right. As might be appropriate for some of the time periods. But we also don't want them running around, I don't know, screaming, I'm an independent woman, hear me roar. (laughs) I can do everything a man can do, and I don't need no man. I mean, I'm sure there were women who thought that, but it would not have been accepted. Right. Right. So that's what I don't like, is when that shows up too much. Yeah. And I think that comparison with Regency can be made in a lot of ways with this yeah, one. And it's one of the biggest historical romance subgenres. You get a lot of the same problems, a lot mm-hmm. of the same tropes, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't like, sometimes I like alpha heroes. I don't <laughs> like, let's call them alpha holes. <laughs> when you have the alpha who's just an asshole the whole time. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like it's not uncommon to see those crop up in Highlander romances. Yeah, I feel like you get more kind of grumpy pants heroes, but you also get (laughs) (laughs) you also get the tough on the exterior but really gentle heroes. And I like those. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a good example of a thing where if it's done well, yep. I like it. And if they do it wrong, it makes me infuriated. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that I disliked that wasn't specific to one author. Ah. And so I decided to just leave it be. <laughs> so it's a, it's a genre that you have to be careful which author you choose. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the reasons that this is almost a go-to genre for me is because there are some really bad ones out there. <laughs> and and so you increase your chances of finding a so bad, it's amazing read. <laughs> and I, I found a couple. I don't know if I've suffered through any long enough to discover that after all that, they're amazing. <laughs> well, usually, okay, this started when I first really started reading romance novels back in high school, I mm-hmm. guess. I would go down the shelves of the library and pick at random and pull it out and look at the cover. And if it made me laugh, I would read it. Oh, wow. Wow. And very often it involved a half-naked man wearing a kilt, his Uh hair (laughs) blowing in the breeze, and a very disheveled heroine clinging to his bare chest. And it just made me laugh so much. Fun fact, high school library is where I first picked up Outlander. Really? Wow. Yep. And read it and loved it and was hooked. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, let's talk about some tropes, tropes, tropes. Lairds. Yes. (laughs) Castles. Mm -hmm. Magic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes immortality, but that's usually the more contemporary ones, which we've decided are not part of this, so never mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's entirely true. Uh, We have a lot of alphas and tortured heroes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of grumpy, but secretly a softy. Yep. Mm -hmm. Time travel is a big deal in Highlander romance. Yep. As is kidnapping. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Forced and arranged marriages and probably all All the marriage marriage tropes. tropes. Mm -hmm. Forced marriages, arranged marriages, marriages of convenience, Mm -hmm. and fake marriages. Fake marriages. Not as many fake in historical Uh as contemporary, but you do see it sometimes because they pretend they're married. Okay. Okay. Because you can't really fake a marriage. Um, Maybe you can. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like we're pretending to be married. Because like someone's hitting on you or uh, whatever yeah. the case may be, that just temporarily. Yes, we have a lot of daring rescues and mm-hmm. heroines in danger. Yep, I wrote damsel in distress. Yep, for sure. And as previously mentioned, either the hero or heroine is Scottish, and often the other one is British. It is frequently, well, I would say most of the time, it's the man who's Scottish and yes. the woman most who's of the English. Time. If yes. you have that dynamic going. But occasionally they'll swap it. Or the woman could be Scottish but has been brought up in England and there's drama there too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, enemies to lovers. Yes. On par with that. Mm-hmm. And a fair amount of second chance romances where they were oh. like in love in the past and something came between them and now they've run into each other again. Hmm. There are a lot of widower heroes who have hmm. sworn to never love again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or they need to marry somebody to raise their young child. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, someone is a virgin, because usually someone <laughs> yes. is. Yes, for the ladies, we have a lot of ingenues. Uh-huh. And a lot of, I'm going to say free-spirited women. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, sassy is not the right word I'm looking uh-huh. for. But you have a lot of opinionated young women who are going to speak their mind and often clash with the hero over stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's frequently an emphasis on family. A lot of times, like, with either family drama, which is frequently the reason people are getting married, <laughs> <laughs> or clans. Yep. But you don't see as many loners. Yep. It's not good to be alone in the highlands. <laughs> that was very suspicious, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast romances. Mm-hmm. Oh, Quite a few of those. Yeah, because all of those alpha sort uh, have scars on their faces and everywhere. Just because. They're warriors. Yes. Obviously. And scars, any scars on the face make you a beast. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) For historical romance purposes. (laughs) And we've already made the Regency connection here, but compromising situations. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've read some bad ones. (laughs) I must say. Anything else? Mistaken identities. Oh, I had that, that too. Yeah, that frequently ties in with the kidnapping. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Or someone's pretending to be someone else to yep. get away from the old man they're supposed to marry. <laughs> <laughs> or they're wanted, and so they're pretending they're not their real identity. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then I think it's also worth mentioning there's a lot with the Scottish-English situation. Yes. That's frequently a plot center. Mm -hmm. Frequently. Let's 
talk about some authors. Okay, well, I've got a couple of favorites. We've already mentioned Diana Gabaldon, so we'll just leave her aside. My other big one is Karen Marie Moaning. Yeah, contemporary, though. Yep. And Mm -hmm. paranormal. Yeah, and that's probably why she's one of my favorites, is the paranormal aspect. Yeah. But one of the first, in fact, I think the first that I read was Julie Garwood. That's a classic. I was going to mention her, too, because some of her Highlander romances kind of set the tone. You Uh read other stuff and you're like, this person read Julie Garwood. (laughs) (laughs) And hers are not terribly historically accurate, but they're just fun. Also in that kind of older category would be Johanna Lindsay. Mm. Um, I think she did some Highlander romances. One of my favorites is Monica McCartney. McCarty. McCarty, yeah. She's got some really fun ones. I don't think I've read her, but I saw her name when I was looking for She has this whole series set during one of the time periods when, you know, Scotland's fighting off the British, (laughs) and it's really fun. Well, some other names that I saw were Maya Banks. Maya Banks is really big. Yeah. Jennifer Ashley has, you know, she's a very prolific author. She's Mm -hmm. got a lot of paranormals, but she has a big um, Highlander series. And that's interesting because it's set a little later than we usually see Highlander romances. I think hers are maybe Victorian? No. Wow. That is later. No, maybe. I don't remember when exactly it's set, but uh, The Madness of Ian McKenzie was pretty good and all of its sequels. Two more popular names that I came across and recognized Lindsay Sands and Paula Quinn. Yes, both of them have written a lot. Hannah Howell is another name I see a lot. I saw a couple more that are definitely in the paranormal Highlander romance category. Mm -hmm. Kinley McGregor. Actually, I don't know if she was the paranormal one, but Cresley Cole. Hers are not actually paranormal. Are they not? No. Okay, so in her main paranormal series, she does have a couple heroes who are Scottish, Uh and it's very much a Highland romance, but... She has a trilogy that is just straight historical romance. Oh, who knew? (laughs) And this is kind of like when we talked about Westerns, where occasionally you get an author who does other stuff, and they randomly will have a Highlander romance in their backlog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, speaking of, Shana Abe, she's got several. They were like her first books, I think, and they're pretty hard to find now. Oh, wow. I didn't know she had any. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. I enjoy historical romances in general, but I definitely have a weakness for Highlanders. And I'm a sucker for the marriage tropes, so I'm hoping we see some of those. It's really funny. I thought I was, uh, that I loved Highlander romances and that I knew enough about them, but there are all these authors that I've never read that have a bunch of Highlander romances. And I'm like, oh, where have I been? (laughs) (laughs) What have I been reading instead? And the answer is paranormal. Next week, we're going to have our first Highlander read. We'll be reading The Bruce's Angel, The Highland Angels by Caroline Lee. Lady Charlotte McLeod is desperate to escape marriage to a traitor, so she turns pirate. As the notorious Black Banner, she's able to capture the Queen's ship and finally get someone to hear her evidence. But she doesn't expect the Queen to be guarded by the man who once stole her innocence and her heart. (gasps) 
<laughs> Liam Bruce has spent years serving his royal cousin. While he doesn't begrudge this latest guard duty, he does regret that it's keeping him from returning to McLeod Land and the fiery angel he can't forget. But when he unmasks a dangerous pirate in the middle of a desperate battle, tis his Charlotte spitting curses at him. <laughs> now it's up to Liam to protect his love from charges of royal treason. Can he convince Charlotte to trust him again? Ooh. Oh my. The drama. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share it with your friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can listen to us. Download a copy of our next book. The link is in the show notes. Read along with us and tune in next week to hear what we have to say. Catch you next time. Bye.